This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network. If you'd like to send me an email, studio at xzoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our website, www.exxoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Tom Scully, Scullion. He specializes in fine art photography as well as the paranormal. He has a bachelor's and master's degree from the College of William and Mary and is a published author and photographer. Among his works is a novel called Nick, which removes all of the commercial trappings of Christmas and takes the reader to a place where giving oneself is the real meaning of the holiday. Tim has written and illustrated a children's book called Kids Forever Club with an emphasis on safe and educational activities for parents to participate in and with their children. He has also written a guitar instruction series of four books on the advanced lead guitar called Shred Tech. Now, uh, we're going to be talking to Tim tonight about his new book that is published by uh, the people of... um, Oh my gosh, who's the publisher again? Uh, Schriffer Books. And the name of the book is Haunted Historic Colonel Williamsburg, Virginia, with Breakthrough Ghost Photography. Uh, Tim, welcome to the show. And where did your interest in the paranormal come from? Thanks, Rob. And it came quite by accident, literally. I had been, uh, I had taught history in public schools for a year. Mm hmm. More basically, it was government, and during the summer, I had been offered a job as a tour guide in Colonial Williamsburg. And at that, I had to uh, learn a lot of Colonial Williamsburg's history, which is basically the early history of the United States government. And with that, I was also given the opportunity to do a ghost tours of the area in the evenings. And I had never done anything like that. I never believed in it. It was uh, something that never even occurred to me, but I found out all of the tales that had been told for years among Colonial Williamsburg residents. And after that, what during the tours, what I would see every once in a while would be people that had a cheap cell phone camera. They would be taking pictures, and they'd come up with something paranormal. Hmm. So I had the idea that if they could come up every once in a while with something that was paranormal, that looked like a ghost on their phones, what would happen if I took my professional equipment into Colonial Williamsburg and tried to photograph that? And from the book, you can see that I was successful at uh, capturing ghosts of all sorts and sizes. Um, Was there any one moment during your 
your your photographic sessions where the hair on the back of your neck just stood up and you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that ghosts were real. I had I had quite a few of those, uh, particularly at uh, what's called the most haunted house in Colonial Williamsburg, and that's the Peyton Randolph House. And that's a place that uh, sends chills up and down a lot of people's spines. And in fact, uh, some people, some kids uh, and uh, young young adults go up and they try to knock on the door and grab the doorknob. They've been shocked by that. There have been people that have been inside that have been shoved. And there's quite a few stories that go with that. And that's one of the places where I had the hair on the back of my neck stand up. In fact, on my forearms, uh, every every little hair stood up. I had wow. flesh all over me. And I, it felt like the presence of a, a ghost was near. It was icy cold. Tim, you and I have to take a short break. We'll be back momentarily. Exxon Nation, our guest for this hour is Tim Skullion. We're talking to Tim about ghosts, ghosts that he has photographed. He has a new book entitled Haunted Historic Colonel Williamsburg, Virginia, with breakthrough ghost photography. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network. If you'd like to send an email, studio at Exxon Radio TV. And on all social media sites, you've got it, Exxon Radio TV. Tim and I return on the other side of this break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here in the Exxon. Don't go away. Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers a certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th, Registration deadline is September 12th. 
Experience Journey Trance, Power Animals, Helping Spirits, Sacred Space, and Life Purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back, everyone. Exonation. I made a mistake with the title of the book. The book's title is Haunted Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, with Breakthrough Ghost Photography. My apologies to you, uh, Tim, for that. And, uh, Tim, you were telling us about uh, this ghost, this this the, the presence that you felt, the hair going up, and so on and so forth. Why is it that some people can take photographs all they want of ghosts, they never get one. And yet people, other people, whether they're using a small, inexpensive camera to the higher-end cameras, they get pictures all the time. I, I can't really answer that, but what I can answer is that I believe that they move incredibly fast because of some of the blurred images that I've had on my camera. And what I think is that they could be there one second and gone the next, and nobody knows the wiser. So what kind of special equipment did you use to take these photographs? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to go into uh, high detail because it's quite convoluted, but I have uh, professional DSLR cameras, and uh, some of them have been electronically modified to uh, be able to capture things that most people couldn't. Alrighty, so when it, how do you know where to take a picture and where that a ghost will be photographed? That's a good question, but uh, here's the thing. I have no psychic abilities, so I don't know. But one of the things that uh, I've come to learn is where to aim my camera. And um, it's, really, it's really serendipity when I get to go, so when I do not. So it's it's a lear- something that's learned and nothing that I know, nothing that I can see through the camera lens. When I get the uh, when I get the ghost on film, though, I'm I'm happy. Now, can you also use the same technique that you use to catch ghosts on video? No, but uh, let me tell you about the, where I live right now. I live on the outskirts of a Civil War battlefield and. I have quite a few ghosts that uh, have taken up residence in and around my house. And uh, we have a security camera that is equipped with uh, infrared light. And I've been capturing the movement of ghosts. Now, sometimes it's just a a very bright white orb, and other times Mm -hmm. it looks like a very pixelated form of a human walking in the hallway. And so I'm continuing continuing to experiment with that to try to uh, get the things in better. So how and when did you first take notice of the anomalies you were recording with your camera? Well, it was my second visit into Colonial Williamsburg because my first was an absolute failure. Uh, I'd gone during the off-season in the wintertime and... Uh, like I said, the first time I got absolutely nothing, I was highly discouraged, and I, it took me about another two months before I got it up to uh, go back in and try again. And the place that I first got at something was over the church, the Bruton Parish Church that was built in uh, the early 1700s, and it has a graveyard around it, and I've since found that uh, it's a a hotbed for paranormal activity. So here you are, you've, you've never really had any formal paranormal investigation training. You're, you're starting to take these pictures. You're starting to think that these are ghosts. Did it ever occur to you that they just might be something else? Well, first off, if, if I got pictures of little gray orbs like a lot of people that uh, I've seen on the Internet, I would say, yeah, that's probably could be some sort of anomaly and that could be explained away. But uh, the shapes 
and sizes and the colors that I've seen in my photographs, mm-hmm. I would say no. That's not explainable by any science that I know. All right. I would imagine you're using digital photography? Yes. Okay, everybody knows that digital photography can be easily manipulated. How do you how do the readers know and how do people know who look at your photos? How do they know these aren't manipulated photos? Well, that that's a good question and that's exactly I knew that would be coming. That's exactly why I saved some photos that uh I put them in a special file. They're some of my best photos. And when the right time comes, I'm going to release them to photography experts to make sure that uh, they can look at them, they can Mm -hmm. examine them, and they can see that they haven't been modified in Photoshop or in any other software program and that they are the real deal. But why, why are you waiting? Because I don't know of any world class photography experts that they're on hand that can analyze them right now. Okay, that, that makes sense. Um, so do you do you use infrared photography or do you use full full spectrum photography or, or do you use both taking these pictures? I use both and I also use just the visible light spectrum. And I've had success with all three forms. However, uh, if you look at the book, I would say that uh, close to three-quarters of the photographs in the book are just in the realm of visible light. Now, what are the majorities of the photos of you t- that you've taken? Are they uh, shaped apparition, mists, orbs, or, or something else? Well, the vast majority of them are what I call geolite formations. They are... Um, they are geometrically shaped, and they have uh, various colors. Now, one of the things that uh, some people are going to say is, well, those are just lens flares. But uh, the difference between a lens flare and these things is movement. When I have my camera stationary and these things are moving, moving then I would say that they're not a lens flare. Another thing that uh, happens is that they shape shift. Mm-hmm. And I've also noticed that there is a seasonal change, that during the winter, the colder months of the year, that they they reduce their size, and sometimes they go into a concave-type shape. Now, the other two types of uh, apparitions that I've gotten, that I've gotten, one is called that I call the classic white. It's your classic white Halloween ghost that usually has two eye spots. Sometimes it will have some sort of a nose or mouth, but those are those are optional. I get some that uh, sort of look like a Casper-like type oh, ghost. Really? And the third is what I call the visage. It's actual faces that you can identify. And let me tell you that the cool thing was the other day that I posted a uh, photograph that I had taken at a local rod and gut club that is supposed to be haunted, and I actually had somebody that identified the face in my photo, which was kind of uh, good. It, it, it verified that what I was getting was real. All right. One person identified the object. Was there any way to collaborate with this witness set? Yes, I'm trying to get more people to uh, collaborate on that. Uh, so far, I've had four people that uh, have said, yeah, that's uh, so-and-so. Uh, a person that I don't know, the, the person actually died in 1993. And uh, evidently, he's taken up residence in the Rod and Gun Club. You know, orbs are, are talked about, and they're widely disputed. What is your take on the orb, and how did you come to your conclusion? Well, the orbs that you often see in photos on the Internet are of a um, usually a misshapen round, and they're a slightly gray color. And what I try to do is not to include them in the book for the most part. I think uh, just several times I use those type of orbs in the mm-hmm. book because 
of what you just said, because there's so much controversy and because there are some people that dismiss them as uh, being dust or as moisture in the air. So I, I don't take a stance for or against the orbs. I usually just avoid using those photos, and I go with the things that are more unexplainable mm -hmm. and uh, look more paranormal than just the small gray orb. Now, have you also photographed any uh, ghosts that can be identified as animals? Yes, and that's the weird thing, because yeah. I, I wasn't ex expecting that. And uh, one of the first things that uh, I photographed was uh, is included in the book, and that was of a dragonfly. And that kind of weirded me out because I have no explanation to you or anybody else of why there would be a dragonfly ghost. Uh, the only thing I thought that possibly it was a uh, human that was mm -hmm. taking on that form, but it was a uh, solid white dragonfly. It was about the size of a dragonfly. It appeared on a shutter, mm -hmm. and its wings were motionless. And uh, like I said, I have no explanation. Since then, I've captured some other animals. Uh, I captured a couple dogs over one building in Colonial Williamsburg, and I've captured uh, what looked like deer and uh, mountain lion in another part of Yorktown. So, like I said, I've captured them. I have no explanation for it. Do you ever think, or do any of the ghost researchers that you know ever think that the spirits might be getting a little tired of being hunted down? Um, I don't know that they get tired of hunted down, but I do know that they seem to be shy. And uh, when they think that they are seen, they usually immediately disappear. And like mm -hmm. I said before, they're incredibly fast. That said... There have been some places in Colonial Williamsburg where I have visited, for no lie, about 20 times before I got any tangible results on on my camera. And uh, so I think that uh, they may not be tired of uh, being hunted down, but uh, they may be shy and not want to be seen. And it's taken them a while for them to get familiar enough with me to make an appearance. Um. The areas that you go to, I would imagine, are known for their ghost activity. Have you gone to non-known areas to see if the same phenomena or the same anomalies exist? I have, and that's, that's what's crazy is that uh, these things are everywhere. I've gone into places that I never expected and photographed at night just to see, just to test what you just asked, and yes, I've discovered them there. Here's the thing, though. I, I didn't include a lot of that stuff in the book because I didn't have an interesting background or a compelling story to sure. go with these other photos. All right, stand by. So I kept it for the most part to Colonial Williamsburg. All right, stand by. You and I have to take our break. We'll be back in two minutes. Exxon Nation, our guest of this hour, is um, Tim Skullion. He specializes in fine art photography as well as the paranormal. The name of his book is... All right, I know you're getting your pencils and paper ready. Come on, I'll give you a few seconds. Da, 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 da. All right, you ready? Haunted Historic uh, Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia with Breakthrough Ghost Photography. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Explanation. We're talking to Tim Scully in this hour, and uh, he's the author of Haunted Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, with Breakthrough Ghost Photography. Now, what is the Breakthrough Ghost Photography that that is in, implied in your title? Well, it's, uh, as I was mentioning before, it takes three forms, the... Uh, classic white type of a Halloween-type ghost, the geometric light formations, and real faces that I've captured in and around homes in Colonial Williamsburg. And one of the things that uh, I wanted to go back to one of your previous questions, where you asked me if the ghosts were tired of being hunted. And uh, I was thinking about that question, and I can truly say that not only are they not tired of being hunted, but there's a competition to be seen. What I, what I see oftentimes in windows is that uh, there will be ghosts that are trying to appear over top of each other. There usually will be one that appears quite clearly, and then others in smaller forms. Sometimes I'll see just eyes. 
and I'm not sure why this is happening or what's going on, but to me, it appears as if there's a competition to be seen, to be recognized. If that was a competition, why wouldn't they make themselves more available to more people? Well, see, I don't know if they if they can make themselves available or not. Um, obviously, I have specialized photographic equipment that can uh, actually see them, whereas you can't see them with your naked eye, nor, nor can I. I know there's some people that are psychic eyes that claim to be able to see them, but mm-hmm. uh, I think unless you have those special abilities, then uh, they're going to remain invisible. Have you found out, have you found during your research and your photographic sessions that the weather plays a big part in the um, the ability to photo ghosts or not? Yes, I have. I've had much better luck when there's either a thunderstorm or it's uh, raining with high humidity and high temperature. And, you know, I think that... Uh, that plays into theories that they are ghosts are electromagnetic in nature. Now, I don't know if you've uh, if you've ever read about any of the theories. There's a physicist out there, and his name is um, Dr. Slowinski, and he's an Einstein physicist. And he theorized that the human consciousness is not actually part of the tissue of the brain, but it's electromagnetic in form mm-hmm. and there's uh, there's a few other researchers in the world that uh, have been looking to this and they've discovered that there is not a place a tissue place where our consciousness resides in the brain and so they're thinking that instead of uh, a an actual tissue area that is for lack of better words I'll call it a central processing unit that uh, it is electromagnetic in nature and that it can actually survive the death of the human body. So would that be our spirit, our soul, our life force? Um, That's what they're describing. Only the uh, scientific word for it is electromagnetic consciousness. There are other scientists out there who say that the the EVPs as well as the phot- uh, photography of ghosts are actually manifested by the person who is taking the picture or taking the recording, that because of the electromagnetic field around us, that we can actually implant the image that we want to see either on a camera, in a camera, or recorded. What's your What's your take on that? I think that that's less less believable than the fact that I can take a picture of a ghost. That sounds um, pretty far out there to me. To many people, taking pictures of ghosts are far out. Where do we draw the line between um, who's right and who's wrong? Well, I guess that's going to be an argument that's going to continue on. But uh, like I said, uh, I've got... I've got photographic proof, and I'm willing to have a world-class photo analyst that uh, would analyze these things and uh, and see that they're not they have not been tampered with, that they have not been uh, made up in Photoshop, and that they are real. I now, I, I, I find really it... don't believe that I have the psychic ability to mm-hmm. make things appear so that I can take a photo of them though. So so tell me, here we are in the year 2016, with all the technological advancements that we have. Do you mean there is no qualified expert on this planet that can take a look at your photos and say whether or not they're real? Oh, I'm sure there are. I'm, I'm sure that there are photo oh. analysts that worked, uh, for example, the FBI or other crime organizations mm-hmm. that uh, can tell when photographs are being tampered with, then uh, that's the type of person that uh, I would like to have look at uh, a file of photographs to prove that they haven't been tampered with. Have you approached these people? No, I don't know any, as I said before, but uh, Mm. I'm sure as uh, I get more and more publicity about this book that I'm going to be approached about that, and 
when, when that time comes, I will gladly uh, allow somebody that's a photographic expert to analyze these photographs. How important to you is the publicity of the book? Here, here's what's important to me. Okay. It's, it's kind of uh, in proof. It, it's, it's a verification that, uh, that all the stories and the lore that's been going around for years that uh, ghosts actually exist. And I, I believe that we're coming into a time when we're developing electronic equipment that is sophisticated enough to be able to prove this. And I believe that this is just the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. that as we go on, we're going to be developing more and better equipment that's going to actually show that these electromagnetic consciousnesses really exist. So what happens after we prove that ghosts are, are real or ghosts exist? What happens to the ghost hunter? Where do we go from there? I, I can't tell you, but uh, what I'm excited about is that uh, the fact this is uh, showing that existentialism is no longer a viable belief system and that we do have something to look for after we pass away with our physical bodies, that our consciousness will continue on. But not very many people argue that fact that the consciousness does not continue. We all believe in heaven. We all Some believe in hell. Some believe in, on the other side of the veil. So that is already in play. I would say the majority of people believe in that. So what else are we trying to prove I, I would here? Have to, I would have to agree with you on that, but there are still enough skeptics and there still are enough scientists out there that are saying, look, we have no proof. The proof that uh, you see on, for example, the paranormal television shows is sketchy at best. And as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. we need better proof. That's one of the reasons that's one of the things that motivated me after discovering that people can get uh, paranormal things on their cell phones that, uh, that I could possibly go out and, and get proof of an afterlife. Okay, so what are we trying to prove here? That ghosts are real or there is an afterlife? Both. Okay. Do you think that Ghost hunting really deserves the attention of eminent scientists and other members of the world who are trying to make this a better world for the living instead of taking their time and working on the dead? Here's what I think. I think that it deserves a look at because it deserves to let people know that there is an afterlife by scientific proof, and that's one of the things that uh, I want to do. I'm, I'm continuing, continuing to uh, work with cameras to get better and better photographs to prove that that there is this afterlife, that there are these ghosts, that they are actually real and not something that's uh, legend and folklore, and. Scientists, for the most part, work on things that they are interested in, whatever motivates them. Well, plus anything, now, anything that can... Whether it's life mm-hmm. or whether it's actual ghosts, that's going to be up to them. But I'm sure there's going to be some people that will willingly work on this to further the, the amount of information that we have to prove that there is an afterlife. And I hope that uh, mine is just the first step. You know, scientists will take anything that can be replicated in a laboratory. How do we get them to replicate the appearance of a ghost? Replicate it? I'm sure that the the, uh, video industry is going to be able to replicate ghosts. Right now they're resurrecting... films from uh, people that have long since passed and mm-hmm. putting them on uh, the television with live performers to yeah. make it seem as if they're performing and singing together. So I'm sure they're going to be able to 
replicate a ghost in some way or form in a laboratory. Of course, it's not going to be a genuine electromagnetic consciousness because there's not going to be any thought. It's just going to be a replication of an image. Like a holograph. Like a hologram, exactly. So when we're looking at the big picture here, how do you think that if the day comes that ghosts are proven to be sharing this world with us, and they have been for so many years, how do you think that the fact that ghosts are real is going to have an effect on society and religious philosophies? Well, I think that uh, people will be more concerned with uh, not only how they live presently, mm-hmm. but uh, what it's going to be like in the afterlife and how they're, how they're going to exist and uh, what they're going to do in that afterlife. The Bible is filled with with examples of those who have passed who reappear and then disappear. So if if these examples are in the Bible, people read the Bible, it's the number one book sold in the world. How come there's still the the disbelief in ghosts? I think because that there are so many atheists and there and because uh, scientists, when they are when they go through college, are discouraged from any belief in any type of theology, and they are told to treat uh, things like ghosts with skepticism and disbelief until they can actually prove otherwise with uh, viable electronic equipment or any other means that they can create to to show undeniable proof. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break, Exxon Nation. We're talking about ghosts, ghost photography, things that go bump in the night. You a believer or you a skeptic? Send me an email. Studio at com. I'll be back on the other side of this uh, break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our station and affiliates and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7, 365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. 
No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Nation, I'm going to ask you a very simple question. How would you like to be part of UFO history? I, I'm serious. You know I am. You've gone to the website. You've checked it back. And uh, I know that for a fact because I know that approximately 2,000 people are going to that website each and every hour. And the website I'm talking about is www.cubesat4ufo. I'm sorry, cubesatfordisclosure.com. That's www.cubesat. For disclosure.com. Go visit, become a part of history. All the information is there. Uh, Tim, we were talking about uh, the, the proof of scientists and, and what the religious ramifications might be. And then you said that scientists are told not to have any beliefs when they're in university. Is, is, is that so? I'm not saying it's directly so, but I'm saying that uh, they are told to uh, 
doubt any type of theology. And I have uh, discovered this not only because I know people that are scientists that are told evolution, not creation, but also the fact that uh, some of the research that I've done into the electromagnetic consciousness, it uh, says that uh, as scientists, we are not supposed to uh, really look at the folklore and the idea of ghosts, but with that thought in mind, they're still projecting the idea of an electromagnetic consciousness that exists within our fleshly human bodies, and some of them even suggest that it will survive the death of the body. Do I have actual proof? No. So, so this is a theory that you have? Yes, okay. based on some of my research and what I've read. You said that you knew scientists, I believe. Uh, what are your scientists saying when you talk to them about ghosts and the possibility of the electromagnetic field theory that you were talking about? Well, some of them entertain the idea, and some of them are immediately skeptical and don't want to uh, hear much else. So it's it's sort of like the uh, general population, the reactions that uh, I've gotten with uh, some of my friends who are scientists and uh, mm-hmm. some of the people that I've talked to over the email system. So it, it varies. In your opinion, what is your most compelling uh, incident, photo- photograph, proof that you believe is proof that you're on the right track? and that you're going to continue to be on the right track until what you believe is either validated or denied. And if somebody, if somebody, a scientist was to say to you, or a photo analyst was to say to you, let's say you found the world's best photo analyst, and he said, sure, I'll take a look at your photos. And he looks and he says, no, I can't validate these. What would you say? I couldn't say much of much of anything else except that I, I'm a person of integrity who t- has taken this thing, and uh, and I believe that uh, it is real. It is something that uh, the electronic sensors on my camera have registered, and of course they they have no belief system. So mm-hmm. as far as as far as I'm concerned, it is something that is real and it has not been tampered with and that it represents an electromagnetic consciousness or something that uh, everybody else may call it. Have these anomalies been photographed off of the terra firma? You mean in the air? Yeah. Uh, of course. Have, um, you, have you photographed lot, them? Say it again. I said, have you photographed them? Yes. Uh, a lot of times they will exist over the top of the buildings. In fact, uh, one of the very first experiences that I had was of a, uh, of a geolite apparition that appeared above the Bruton Parish Church. Hmm. And in the subsequent photographs, this apparition moved down to, to almost where it was beside me and... The last photograph that I took, um, I didn't get anything, but I felt that cold chill on my neck. And um, all I can say is it looked like uh, somebody had thrown glitter into the air. I had no idea why that happened or what that, what was responsible mm-hmm. for that, but that that was the appearance of the uh, the whole situation. And you, so, yeah, I photographed them up in the air, coming down. I've also photographing, photographed them up in the air and going up. And where they're going, I can't say either. Have you done any photographs in cemeteries, in morgues, in funeral parlors? I've done them in cemeteries. And uh, I can say that there are some ghosts at the cemeteries, but more often than not, the ghosts are in homes or places that uh, the people went to when they were alive. For example, 
uh, at the very start of the program, we were talking about a ghost photo that I had verified as somebody's friend that had died in 1993. Well, he died in the local community hospital, but he ended up uh, quite a few miles away in this club that he used to frequent and he used to love. So I'm, I'm guessing, I'm supposing, I'm hypothesizing that uh, ghosts don't always show up in cemeteries or in the exact places where they died, but probably in the places that they liked or they lived in when they were alive. Have you taken any ghost photographs of children? Yes. Um, if you recall, I was telling you about the Teton Randolph House, the um, the house in Colonial Williamsburg that has the reputation of being the most haunted. And there have been several children in the uh, 1800s that died there. One of them, one of them was a young boy that fell out of the tree, and there was another young girl that was uh, that had fallen down the steps, and both of those children died. I've got a photo of a young person that's in this book from the Peyton Randolph house, and I can't tell if it's a, a young boy or a young girl, but you can tell that it is a young child. And of course, the, uh, the hairstyle for the young boys back mm-hmm. in the 1800s was long, and so uh, that's, that's the re- basic reason why I can't tell which it is, but it is a child, though. You mentioned briefly some of these reality TV shows that are on. Uh, do you think that they are an asset or a hindrance to responsible researchers like yourself? Mm. I believe that uh, in some cases, not all, they create some drama where there's really no drama there, and they may create things that... Uh, that are seemingly there, but not really. I I would just like to see more proof on these television shows and and less of the drama, more more scientific proof that uh, shows that something is actually there. For people who are listening and who would like to get into ghost photography, do you have any tips for them? I think the biggest tip that I could say is persistence. If uh, if you read the uh, little blurb about my book, it took me two years and well over 10,000 photographs mm-hmm. to uh, get 230 quality photographs to place in this book. So you have to be persistent. You have to be able to go out at all times of the night. You have to uh, be able to go out in all kinds of weather. It's, uh, it's not an easy job, and the ghosts, do not readily show up for photo shoots. Has any, uh, in your opinion, have any of the spirits tried to communicate with you? I think so. I've been, uh, I've been tapped on the head, tapped on the shoulder. I've, uh, of course, we've talked about the cold chill. I've experienced that quite a few times. And uh, Mm -hmm. there's something else that, uh, is purportedly associated with goats and ghosts. I'm sorry, and that's the smell of lavender. I've experienced that several times, and uh, also I've actually heard of uh, paranormal screams. I can. Is that something that is audible to the human ear? Absolutely. Uh, no EVP here. It was actual screams that uh, I had several people with me, and uh, none of us had psychic abilities or anything like that, and we all heard them. Hey, listen, Tim, uh, the time has come when you and I must say so long. I want to thank you so much for joining us, and uh, continued success. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate that. All right, Tim. Bye-bye now. Exonation, uh, Tim Scullion has been our guest this hour. And the name of his book is Haunted Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, with Breakthrough Ghost Photography. I don't know what to say. You be the guest. I'm sorry, you be the you be the judge and jury. Who knows? Seems that one day the smoking gun 
of proof that will appease the believers and proof that will appease the skeptics will happen. And yet, once again, when that does, you're, all, you're going to have skeptics and believers one more time. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, check out www.cubesat4disclosure.com and be part of UFO history. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Don't go away. 